This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. So that that first year, especially, it was like, whatever I have to do, I will do. So I was doing photography, but I was also taking on like graphic design gigs on the side, anything to bring in income to allow me to not have to go work for someone else. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real-life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hey guys, now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com. For only $7, you will get access to over 1,000 videos, including pricing, posing, marketing, lighting, sales, inspiring photo shoots, self-value, and more. Yes, you'll get your first month for only $7 when you become a pro member, and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more. Also, this includes a pricing calculator, a studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. My guest this week on The Portrait System is Jeremy Ellsworth. Jeremy left the corporate world back in 2016 to become a full-time photographer, and this was shortly after he and his wife had two babies and his wife worked full-time. Jeremy fell into the genres of high school seniors and families, and he gives us a ton of great info about being a senior photographer with a sales average of $3,000 in the suburbs of Kansas City. A brand new part of Jeremy's business is painting canvas backdrops, and he's really amazing at it. He shares a bit about how to DIY your own backdrop, and he talks about how he loves to use dramatic lighting in his portraits, and also how he does fashion photo shoots for fun. Jeremy was so great to chat with, and I'm excited to introduce him. Here he is, Jeremy Ellsworth. Hi, Jeremy. Welcome to The Portrait System. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I'm finally starting to feel better after I got the Vegas funk, I call it, <laughs> after <laughs> WPPI. Oh, yeah. man. I was, I was 
pretty sick there for a while. But so if if my voice still sounds a little froggy, that's why. But hopefully, hopefully we'll be good to go. Well, you, you sound fine. So well, thank you. And the last time we saw each other was at WPPI. Yes, first time we got to meet each other in person. Yeah, that was exciting. It was. It's always nice to meet people in person. It's like you, you know, you kind of develop this sort of like community online that develops into friendships and everything and you don't you know we're all like spread around not only just the united states but the world sure and so it's it's nice to meet in person i love those events for that reason yep and you were there we're gonna we're gonna talk all about your photography business but i know you have two businesses and you were there because you had a booth well i i actually slid in without a booth Oh, it was it was guerrilla marketing for me i made connections with other people and put my my stuff in their booths Okay, very cool. And what stuff are we talking about? So I paint backdrops, okay. uh, yep. studio portrait backdrops. They're gorgeous. When we much. were we were at an event, we were at a, a portrait system event, and you and I and Angie Witten were talking, and I was talking about your backdrops, and Angie was like, "Oh my gosh, the gold and blue one! <laughs> like it's mine." <laughs> she was very excited about that backdrop. So yes, cool. and it, it is hers. I look forward to seeing what she creates with it. Oh, nice. That's. Awesome. Very yeah. cool. Well, we'll get into that and how you kind of had have two two separate sides to your business. But let's start with your photography business. So take us back, Jeremy, to when you decided you were going to become a photographer. Well, okay. So I'm going to go a little bit further back. I've been a creative since I was a little kid. Uh, grew up wanting to be an illustrator. Oh, and interesting. At some point along the way, I bought into the idea that I can't make a living as an artist. And went completely opposite direction and ended up in corporate America, which sucked the life out of me. Yeah. Um, and my wife is, was, well, is a teacher. She actually is a professor now at a university, but she was a, a high school teacher and she's a historian. She teaches social studies. So she was the picture taker in our family for all of our church stuff. She had the point and shoot camera. She was taking pictures. And at one point her camera got stolen. And oh, no. so for her birthday that year, I bought a new point-and-shoot, a digital camera, and I ended up playing with the creative features on it more than she did. And <laughs> I was like, this is really cool. Like, the stuff that you can do with photography, this is neat. I wonder what it be, would be like with a real camera. So after many, many months of researching and begging, um, <laughs> my wife said, okay, go for it. And that was roughly 15 years ago now? 14, oh, yeah, so it's been years? a while. Yeah. And then... As as things go, you get a, a camera and you start taking pictures of everything. And your friends start seeing that you're taking pictures and they're like, hey, you want to take pictures of us? So, you, you know, you're like, sure, I'll try that. And kind of fell in love with it and ran with it. So Now, at what point were you able to leave the corporate world? Because I know there are a lot of people out there who I'm sure are like thinking, yep, I know that feeling. Either one, I didn't or still don't believe that I can make a living as a creator. And two, I'm in a job that is not where I want to be, such as the corporate world. So talk a little bit about that. So it it was several years where I did photography part-time. And I say part-time, full-time, but not as my full-time job. I want to say I left my day job nine years ago. So it was probably five, five or six years of doing it on the side. And in reality, I'm, I'm very much a person who doesn't step outside of what I'm guaranteed. But I worked for a bank and the bank I was working for was getting sold. 
Um, oh, right. So, so it was kind of like, I'm sure at the time it's like, oh boy, but maybe it right, was like but, a good thing in the end. Yeah. And, and, and actually, the bank I worked for was part of a tax company. So it was a very tumultuous time because we could only do the stuff to sell the bank outside of tax season. So every time we got things rolling, tax season would show up and delay stuff. So it was like a two-year process. And mm, I finally okay. was like, I'm leaving because I'm not dealing with this anymore. And my last day was Halloween of 2016, 2015. And now I know, you know, I know sometimes people, they want to leave the job and they want to take that leap and just become a full-time photographer. And I know everyone kind of has a different level of comfortability when it comes around that. Maybe it is having a nest egg in the bank. Maybe it is just, I'm going to do it without a nest egg in the bank. Maybe it is replacing the income from the job. Like, what was it for you? I know you obviously didn't want to be at the bank anymore and you were burned out and that sort of thing, but what made you decide, like, okay, I I can do this now? So I don't want to say I was making a full-time income from photography, but I was making enough doing it part-time that it was very much a, okay, if I have more time to devote to this, I can make this work. Now, throwing a wrench in there, we then also had two children right before I left my day job. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Almost back, to back 20 wrench. months apart. <laughs> so for six years after I left my day job, I was full-time dad as well as full-time photographer. So it's been a slow roll. But it, to answer your question, it was really more of a, I'm doing this successfully as a side gig, making enough money that I believe I'm going to take that jump, that leap, and I can do this as a full-time thing. Sure. You know, and I feel like that is something that people sometimes don't allow themselves to have is time. And it's such a catch-22 because it's like when you work full-time doing something else, where does that time come from? Like I remember back when I was a social worker, it was a lot of evenings and weekends. Mm -hmm. But when you have kids, that gets tricky. Yes. But if you don't give yourself time to work on your business— how can you grow it? It's almost like you just have to, like you said, you you had the ball rolling and you had clients coming in and you just ha- sort of have to believe, you know, in, in like Sue always says, with certainty and conviction that I can do this. And yep. I remember having that feeling with certainty and conviction that I could do this. Like it wasn't even a question. I just yeah. knew I could. Did you feel like that or were you, was it a little bit scarier? I mean, I was scared too, don't get me wrong. Yes. But did no, you feel, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely felt that way, but there was a, t- a ton of nerves involved. Uh, especially having two littles at home, and at the time, my wife was working on her PhD. So, oh my gosh, <laughs> she was she was in school full time and working, but not a huge income from that. So it was like, Jeremy, you have to you have to make this work in order to survive and provide. Uh, so there wasn't an option not to, uh, as weird as that sounds. So that that first year, especially, it was like, whatever I have to do, I will do. So. I was doing photography, but I was also taking on like uh, graphic design gigs on the side, anything to bring in income to allow me to not have to go work for someone else. Yeah. Okay, so tell everyone a little bit about one where you're located, and two what you shoot, you know, genre wise. Um, I am in the Kansas City metropolitan area on the Missouri side. And I primarily shoot high school seniors. I do family portraits as well. And then I do fashion, creative portraits for fun. 
as well. Oh, for fun as in it's not like income, it's just Correct, it's not income. For the most part, and I'm not saying this is an excuse, people in the fashion people in Kansas City don't have money to spend on fashion portraits. So it's a different clientele. It's not who I'm it's not like I'm going, these are my these are not my portrait clients. It's not who I'm trying to market to. It's really a I want to do this for fun and it helps me learn and grow. It's kind of like the personal projects that you do to allow yourself to expand your creativity and figure out what works and what doesn't work. Oh, yeah. We all need to do that. That's great. That's great that you found something for that. Okay, so let's talk then about family, seniors. You know, what would be kind of the the breakdown if you had to guess? Like I spend, you know, 50% of my time doing this and, you know, how does does that break down? Honestly, it's probably... 75 to 80% high school seniors, and then 20, 25% families. Oh, all right. How did you end up getting started into seniors in the first place? So it, it was handed to me because my wife was a high school teacher uh, when I started oh, being a Oh, that's helpful. Yes, I had a built-in core group of people who were interested in, <laughs> in what I provided. Um, so it, it definitely opened doors automatically. Yeah, I can see that for sure. And like from there, once you got the ball rolling with those kids, did you have to do marketing after that? Or like what, what helped you continue? Because, you know, people can, you can do a couple shoots with a couple kid, you know, seniors, but then sometimes it just like falls off and the referrals don't keep coming. Like how did you right. keep that going? Um, so definitely word of mouth. Um, when I started, my wife was still a teacher for three years in the high school after I started being a photographer. So I had three years of my wife being a marketing piece for me because she would tell everybody, hey, my husband's a photographer. Um, and being part of that community, it was a small town uh, that she was a teacher in. So we would be at events uh, and I would go yes. photograph football games and soccer games and I was there. So people saw me and got to know me. But after she left there, it, it really has been a continued word of mouth. It's huge. Um, but Google and in having a website that people can go to and find me anymore, that's the biggest uh, return. Uh, well, I, like, coming from. I like on your website how it says, um, these ain't your mom's senior pictures. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really clever kind of tagline to grab someone's attention. Like I noticed that right away and I was like, okay, so people are going to click on that. They're either, they're either going to resonate with it or they're not. And and, and that's okay. It's one or the other. Yep. (laughs) Totally. And I think that's really smart. I've been reading a lot about, you know, taglines and, and catching people's attention with, or even I've heard it called hook point. Like I read a book called hook points because if you think about it, we have, I mean, milliseconds to grab someone's attention. When people, and especially high school seniors, when they are scrolling through Instagram, they are inundated with ads and things that they are constantly looking at. How do you get them to stop and think, oh, I want to learn right. more about that? And a yeah. tagline like with like you have, I feel like that is super helpful to make pe- make these kids stop. Do you think so? I, I, I do. I think it helps with the the students themselves, but it also helps with the moms, strangely enough. Yes, great point, um, yes. Because nine times out of ten when I ask, you know, how did you find me? They'll say, Google. And I was searching and looking at all the photographers and they all look the same. But then yours don't. Yours stand out because they're different, because they're not like 
what I got when I was in high school. So it really is a, it resonates with moms a ton, surprisingly, even though it's tongue in cheek directed at them. Well, I mean, being, I'm, you know, I'll be 46 this month. And when I look back at my senior photos, I just kind of laugh a little bit, yeah, me too. you know? And <laughs> so I think like I could, maybe that's why I like the tagline so much. Cause I can resonate with like, Oh boy, my senior pictures. I mean, Looking back, it's not like the company did a terrible job or anything. It was just, you know, it was the nineties, <laughs> right? And because and, yeah, I'll be forty five in May, so okay, so I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was even everything was still film for the most part, and everything was very portrait studio, but not what we think when we think portrait studio now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was it was a different time and era of photography. Yeah, it was, and you know, I I love including studio work within my senior portraits. Like when I do senior portraits, I do some studio and some outdoor. And it's funny because sometimes the girls are like, I don't know if I want in studio. I just want it outdoors. And I'm like, you know what? You're going to be there getting your hair and makeup done anyway. Let's just do one quick outfit. I'm a super fast shooter. It'll be like five minutes. And then they always, almost always, end up really loving those indoor ones because it's it's a modern take on, I think, what they're thinking a studio portrait is going to look like. Right. Because... Without calling any of the mass studio market out, they think it's going to be this very, I went to a store and got my picture taken. Totally. As opposed to what we offer. Totally. And yeah, I always try and get people to come to my studio space. Always. And when you're in your studio, I'm assuming you use the your own backdrops that you paint. Yes, I do. Okay, I want to just talk a little bit about that and how you how you do that, how you paint these, and and I know you sell them too, and you know I'm just doing a shameless plug for you. (laughs) But tell me, tell us a little bit about how you how you do that because I feel like that can that can make your portraits like extra unique and stand out more when you've got this kind of you know it's not just a seamless you know nothing against seamless. I love seamless, and I do use and you know I paint my own V flats, but nothing like what you do. I feel like yours are just. They're just like standout pieces. Like, how do you do that? A lot of guessing. Um, so I'm not a trained artist. You know, everything's self-taught. Um, but again, it's what I've, it's been my passion since I was a little kid. So I soak it in when I can. Um, and really, it's seeing, taking inspiration from what I've seen and going, okay, how did they make that texture? How did they do X, Y, and Z insert style here. How can I make that my own? Mm-hmm. And it's experimenting. It's you know laying the plastic down on the floor, putting some <laughs> putting some canvas down, and going, okay, let's get messy. Um, well, you know, Jeremy. So many people in the portrait system, like in our Facebook group, will say like, "Oh my gosh, I tried to paint my own canvas, and it's hard, and it didn't work, and the colors didn't work well, and how do I, you know, do I?" It's wrinkled. Do I iron it first? Do I prime it? Do I, you know, there's all these questions around it. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's definitely a a practice of patience, especially when you're doing it for the first time um, and and learning how you go. And and if you are using like a, a drop cloth that you've cut, I highly recommend steaming it. Do your best to get the wrinkles out and then use a lot of water in your paint um, Mm, because water is going to flatten things out. Um, and help those wrinkles to settle a little bit more. But as, as far as the process is concerned, just to keep it simple, like if somebody listen, is listening to this and says, I want to try it, go pick a base color, get some white, get some black, lay your base color down, mix a little bit of black into your base color, add some texture. 
Mix mm. a little white into your base color, add some more texture. And you'll develop this almost, it gives it depth, and you'll see, hey, this is pretty cool. I like the way this turned out. It, it, it really is experimenting. The, the thing about painting canvas is, if you don't like it, you can start over. Yeah, that's you a know? good point. And I, I'd love to, I, I'm going to, I know we talked a little bit about this, but I'd, I'd love to have you kind of film and do like a little DIY to show people yeah. how you do it. Well, I, I know we've talked about this before and I'm trying to get it into the works where people are listening. We're, <laughs> we're going to try and get Jeremy to film something for us so that we can put it on the portrait system so you guys can see how, you know, how he does it. But I mean, I'm of the mind of where I don't like painting. I call them V flats, but yeah. you know, really it, they're the polyboards that I mm-hmm. paint as opposed to the, and, and I learned that from Sue years and years ago. I did try to paint foam core once. Do not recommend. 10 out of 10, do not recommend because it <laughs> will warp. It means yes. it's like painting paper is really stupid it's on my part. It's very but, hard. Yeah. But um, to me, that's super easy. I'm just putting one color on. Although I did do a striped uh, polyboard and that was that was fun. And that was also easy. Just put some painter's tape down. I tried painting a canvas once and I was like, yeah, no, never going to do that again. I'd rather <laughs> just buy it. You know, so if you're someone out there where painting isn't your thing and you're not super into like getting messy and whatever, it's like just buy one. And, it, and <laughs> that's a lot easier. Yeah. Obviously, I'm 100% open to people buying them, but I'm a believer that anybody can do it if they're willing. And you might hate it. You may like, yeah, it worked, but I don't ever want to do that again. And that's sure. totally cool. But as, especially as we start out, being able to do that on your own, it's going to save you a ton of money. Absolutely. As long as you're willing to put in the time and you have the space to do it, because that's the other tricky part is finding right. room to do that in because you don't want to ruin your house. You know, I'm blessed enough that I have a big enough studio slash basement area in my home that I can, you know, lay down a eight by ten piece of canvas and paint it. Yeah, that's another really good point. <laughs> Very cool. All right. So I want to talk get back to your, you know, seniors and families and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Now, you had mentioned that, I know Kansas City, but are you in Kansas City proper or are you in a smaller town outside of Kansas City? So, I'm in the Kansas City metro. I am in a smaller town. Out, I'm north of Kansas City in a town called Platte City, um, which if you've ever been to the area, is right near the Kansas City airport. But it it's still part of the metropolitan area. So, if, you, right. were, if you were to drive through, you really wouldn't know. I mean, there's no big skyscrapers, but there's not really a ton of skyscrapers in Kansas City in general. So you wouldn't be like, oh, this is the city, but it is all still part. We're all considered Kansas City. Well, and the reason I brought that up is because you had said the high school that your wife worked at was a a smaller town. And so the word kind of spread quicker. You know, you go to the local football games, it's just, you know, all the small town things. Right. Where I know a lot of times people will say, oh, I live in a small town. I can't do it here because it's a small town and I can't charge those prices and that sort of thing. It sounds like for you, though, this might have been a little bit of an advantage being in a in a smaller town. It, it certainly was starting out. Now, granted, when I started out, I had no idea about pricing or doing anything to actually, you know, support my world. It was just, oh, I'm making money being creative. But it opened doors and certainly helped me learn. And having that built-in base because my wife was a teacher in a small town, people did get to know me. So it was mm-hmm. like, oh... And and to brag on my wife, she was a great teacher. The kids loved her. So that was also to my benefit. Absolutely. And because they loved her, they automatically loved me. So that's a win. Yep. And and I could use that to my advantage. Um that sounds horrible. No, I mean it's so true, especially if the parents like liked her as a teacher. Yeah. 
because they're the ones paying most, right. you know, 99% of the time. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's super smart. I mean, so when I started, we actually lived on the south side of Kansas City at that time. And let's see, the high school my wife taught at was probably, is probably 35 miles south of actually Kansas City Metro. Still considered part of the metropolitan area, but definitely its own world. And the high school, the town as a whole had about 10,000 people in it, maybe 15, somewhere in there. So it, it was it was a great place to go. There's enough people here that I can build a business without feeling like I'm trying to get repeat business because with seniors, that's unless you unless they have siblings, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. So it, it was a, a good sized town, and it allowed me to then build into the other communities around that town. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, what about your pricing? Like, do you know what your sales average is for for your senior portraits? So right now, on average, it's going to be about three thousand oh, uh, dollars, nice, give or take. My my session fee is three hundred fifty dollars, and then I I do have tiered package pricing, but I also offer a a digital collection that if you like, you want forty of these images, it's twenty five hundred dollars, and for the most part, that's the one the kids want, and mom just wants the kids to be happy. So they end up falling in that line, and then usually, or sometimes, they'll buy artwork as well. All right. Yeah, that's great. So 40 digitals for 2500 and then the $350 session fee, is that on top of that, or does that go towards... That's on top of that. It's on top of that. Okay. And I don't I do not do hair and makeup. Like, that's not something I offer. Okay. Um, so there's, there's no out-of-pocket to anyone else yep. built into that pricing. Yeah. Okay, let's talk a little bit about marketing. And and I know most of what you do is for you know seniors and then some family too. But other than word of mouth, has there any has there been anything that has you know worked out really well for you as far as marketing? I know you'd also mentioned SEO and a good website and that sort of thing. But maybe just kind of talk us through how you get most of your clients and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, word of mouth has definitely been the biggest thing. And honestly, Google has been the second biggest thing. Google, okay. Uh, I've I've tried Facebook ads never to feel like they were as successful as they should be. That doesn't mean they don't work for some people. They didn't work for me. Um, and it doesn't mean I won't try again. But really, it, word of mouth has been the biggest thing, followed by people finding me on Google and really spending time to go, every image I have on my website has metadata connected to it with keywords. Even though that is a lot of time spent not mm-hmm. taking pictures, it is time well spent because people find me. So. Oh, I should listen to your advice on that. Every time I go to upload a new photo, like, you know, a new client shoot that I did or something, and I'm swapping out, you know, just fr- freshening it up, I'm mm-hmm. always like, I should relabel these, and then I don't, and then... <laughs> yeah, I, I have all of my my keywords in a note on my computer, so I can copy and paste. Smart. Um, oh, efficiency, I love it. Yeah. Gotta love efficiency. Very cool. Okay, so I want to bounce back to your backdrop business. Do, have you have you been kind of utilizing the same strategies that you use to build your photography business to build your backdrop painting business? Some, yes. So to give a little backstory there, my backdrop business fell in my lap. I, because of Sue Bryce, um, however long ago it was, she had shared about painting your own backdrops. Just use chalk paint, get a drop cloth, try it. Um. So like two years ago, my wife bought me canvas and they sat in a closet and I never did anything with them until one day last summer. I was like, I'm going to try this and see what I can do. And Jason Marino, 
I think he's been on your podcast, um, saw it and was like, dude, I want one of those. You need to help me out. So I called him. I was like, what are you talking about? I seriously just did this at like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, seriously, I, I need one, but I need it in red. Can you do that? I was like, sure. And I said, let me figure out what I'm doing, like as far as pricing, because I have no idea. You literally messaged me the first time I've ever painted a backdrop. And uh, spent some time doing market research and figuring out where pricing was and how it all worked and what weight canvas people were using and all of those things. And just started painting. Uh, it was really a let me learn and I'll share a post and share as I go. And it, it has been a slow snowball. Again, it's, it's, it hasn't been like gangbusters out the gate, everybody's buying backdrops. But I didn't give up on it. It was like, let's see what happens. Let's move forward. And orders started trickling in. And I connected with my network, the other photographers that I know that I'm in groups with. They see it and go, oh, Jeremy's doing mm, back, this. Back I like that networking again. Yeah, I like what I've seen that he's done. Hey, can you do this for me? And really kind of built off that. And that's what led me to going four weeks before WPPI. I think I'm going to try and go to WPPI and see if people can see my backdrops. <laughs> <laughs> and and again, I'm very much an introvert. So asking people to do anything for me is way outside my comfort zone. So when I finally made that decision, you know, I've known a lot of people that have connections in the photography industry for a long time, but I've never asked for anything in my entire life. And it was like, okay, guys, can you help me with something? <laughs> um, I'm going to try and be WPPI. Does anybody know any? booths that need a backdrop. And some of my friends were like, hey, we'll reach out to people. We'll see what we can do. And then I, I cold emailed another party. I was like, hey, I'm going to be there. Do you need something? And then through the connections that I made by the people that said, yes, I got in another booth. So it was very much a domino effect. Some people helped me get there. Uh, the best. It was a cold email. And then because of the connection from the first people at one booth, they helped me connect to another booth. So it was really cool. So awesome. So much of of what we do comes back to connections, whether it is, you know, networking in the community to get photography clients, or if you have a, you know, a different part of your photography business, networking with other photographers. I mean, it's, it's just so important. Just building those relationships, you know, people will hire you because they know, like, and trust you. They will mm -hmm. buy things from you because they know, like, and trust you. And yeah, it's great. I love how this has all worked out. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's all about, it, to be where I'm at today is all about the people that were kind enough to say, you've been good to us all these years, we'll be good to you. Yeah, it's great. It's really, really great. Yeah, I'm excited for you. It, you know, I, you. Think, I think sometimes it's nice to mix it up in our business where it's, you know, you don't get so bored of doing one thing or burned out from doing one thing when you have when you're focusing on multiple different things. Yeah, it, it definitely has given me a different outlet as a creative, which a lot of us as photographers are. Not all of us, but a lot of us are. It lets me work a different part of my brain. It is very mm -hmm. therapeutic to mm -hmm. to shut the world out and go paint for a few hours. It, it really helps focus on some other things, gives you time to think. It's it's a it's been great. Absolutely. Oh, I'm excited for you. Very cool. Thank you. Well, thank you for sharing all of this with me. This has been really great. I know, I knew, I mean, I, I know about your business and what you do and stuff. But I didn't, I didn't know your story at all. And it's, it's, yeah, it's really cool. Is your, is your wife finished with her P PhD now? Is oh, she? Oh yeah. 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 She's been done for seven years. 
I oh, think. Okay, okay. So she's a, an associate professor at the University of Northwest Missouri. Nice. Um, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I still have a couple more questions for you that I always ask at the end of each episode. And the first one is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? As lame as it is, my lights. I I I can shoot natural light, but I prefer my strobes because of my style. So my lights are, are definitely what I would say I can't live without. Great. I can see that. I can totally, I had a feeling you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working? Uh, kids, uh, primarily. Um, how old are your kids now? So my daughter is 10 and my son is eight, almost nine. Okay. So yeah, I, and like I said earlier, I coach their soccer teams. So we're in the heat of that right now. Um, but outside of spending time with, with my family, I draw. I do illustration as a oh sweet a relaxing thing, uh, cartoons stuff like that. So neat, yeah. All right, and number three is what is your favorite inspirational quote? Okay, so I knew this one was coming. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to answer in two parts. I have a, a personal motto that I live by. Um, many years ago, I was trying to come up with a a purpose statement for work, and through that process, came up with a purpose statement for me. Um, so choose joy, spread love, be awesome is, is kind of what I live by. I love it as best I can. And because again, I'm, I'm trying to, with everyone I meet, make the world a better place and trying not to share any negativity. And that's hard sometimes, but that's my goal. Uh, So that's the first thing. Choose joy, spread love, be awesome. And then if you're familiar with kid president, he hasn't been around in a while. He grew up. Um, or Brad Montague, which was actually the adult behind President. I always said he gets me <laughs> because he he has lots of quotes out there that are really similar to my personal mission statement. But uh, there was one that I that I came across across earlier uh, when I was trying to find something that really stuck out. And it says, "Sure, there's bad stuff in the world, but there's also you, and you can be anything that you want to be today. So be bold, be kind, be awesome. Repeat. It's like shampoo, but with your life." Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. So. Very yeah. cool. All right. And number four is, what would you tell people when they are just starting out? Don't give up. Even if it's taking longer than you think it should, don't give up. Find a community, find people you can connect to, and keep pushing. Yeah, that's great. I mean, not giving up is, it's, it's just so important. And when we say don't give up, sometimes that does mean just taking one more one more little step. And mm-hmm. then you wake up tomorrow and feel like, okay, maybe I can do this again. And and it and sometimes it's hard. I, yeah, I've, I've gone through sure. lots of days where I'm like, really? Can I do this mm-hmm. today? But it, I think finding a community of people that think like you and are doing what you do and that can relate to what you do is huge. Yeah, it is huge. That's one of the reasons I, you know, the portrait system and Mm -hmm. just our community in general is so much like that. Yep. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. Well, thank you. This has been really great. Where can people find you online, Jeremy? So websites, jeremyellsworth.com. I have lots of different Instagrams, but if you search Jeremy Ellsworth, you will probably find them all. Uh, So Jeremy Ellsworth Photography, Jeremy Ellsworth Creative, and Backdrops by Jeremy Ellsworth are all Instagram handles for me. Fantastic. All right. If you need a canvas out there, look up Jeremy. Yeah, please. I, and I'll answer questions too. If you have questions on making them, I'm happy happy to help. That's awesome. Appreciate that. 
All right, my friend, I will see you online soon and hopefully at the Portrait Masters Conference. I would love to be there. Thank you. (laughs) Cool. All right, you take care, okay? You too. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.